This episode of Warp 5 is brought to you by Audible.com, offering more than 180,000 titles for smartphone, tablet, and desktop. To get a free audiobook of your choice and help Trek FM at the same time, visit audibletrial.com slash trekfm. And also by Enterprise in Space, an international program of the non-profit National Space Society. Find out how you can help science and education and become a virtual crew member aboard the NSS Enterprise Orbiter by visiting enterpriseinspace.org. And if you want to join in on the conversation and share your thoughts on this episode or any other, please join the Babel Conference, our listeners group on Facebook. Just type Babel, that's B-A-B-E-L, into the Facebook search field. We look forward to seeing you there. I'm J.G. Hertzler, and I played Kolos on Enterprise, Star Trek Enterprise, and right now I'm on Warp 5. Welcome, boomers, to another episode of Warp 5, Trek FM's dedicated podcast to Star Trek Enterprise. I'm your host, Patrick Devlin, and join with me is the illustrious Brendan Shamatala. Brendan, how are you? I am doing just peachy. I am doing absolutely fantastic. I am doing just wonderful. Thanks for asking. That's a lot of justs. Just. 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 But just. you are not just the only person we have on today. I'm not? You're not. We have a special guest, the ever-dad-joke-loving Chris Hill. Chris, how are you? Doing pretty good, guys. How about yourself? Yeah, I can't complain. We are happy to have you back. We're doing the uh, Season 4 Essential Enterprise, wrapping up this little uh, series of episodes for our show. And uh, while we predict a high percentage of episodes kept, uh, I don't think that all of them will be kept. So it'll be interesting to see uh, where we end up on the run of episodes. Uh, so just before we get in, before we do a recap, just telling the listeners again what it is that we're doing. We're going through each episode, uh, each season, episode by episode, and we're determining which episodes we feel are essential based on either the, the season arc or a certain character's arc. Stuff that if you didn't watch, you would definitely be missing out on something. And so we've done the first three seasons so far, and for season one... Our percentage was 53.85%, and that was 14 out of the 26 episodes that we kept, because we called uh, Broken Bow, we called two. For season two, it was 42.3%, with only 11 of 26 episodes being kept. Season three was 83.3%, with 20 out of the 24 episodes having been kept. And let's see what happens with well, season Well, actually, four. you reversed course on one of those. Did I? You reversed course on Carbon Creek. Um, Two podcasts ago you did it. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, I, we, we can ask Karen. Karen, yes, I know Karen. So, <laughs> I don't think I'm going to change it on the document, though. We're just going to leave it the oh, way that it cheater. is. cheater. I remember nothing. Uh, well, no kidding. You're still podcasting with me, so clearly you have a short memory. <laughs> <laughs> 
I think, though, out of the 22 episodes, I think that we're probably going to end up being around... 18. I think maybe 16 or something like that. You're probably right, but I like the number 18. Chris, what's your guess? Well, you know, since we obviously didn't go with the uh, token 47, um, I'll put I'll put it at 17 to 18, yeah. Oh, he's splitting the difference. All right, we will go ahead and start with the Stormfront arc, which the sort of preview for that is Archer and his crew find themselves in the past with the events of World War II altered by the temporal Cold War. And that, and for me, I'm going to go ahead and keep this because it it keep it due to the end of season three, um, and it also wraps up the uh, temporal Cold War arc from out from the uh, rest of the series. Uh, Brandon, I had told you guys that I was going to uh, give you a reason why I didn't think this was essential, because I don't think it's essential. You don't, and I, I would I I told you not to tell me off air. So yeah. This is groundbreaking news, yeah. everyone. So I don't think that this episode is essential because we've ha- had a few television series where in between seasons and stuff, they jump time and they don't fill in always what's happened. Like I think of shows like The Walking Dead, you know, and things like this, where even in the middle of the season, like season nine of Walking Dead jumps three years in the middle of an episode right mm-hmm. like for the, the the kind of a story does wrap up and then there's a big jump but they do talk about things that have happened like in the meantime they talk about stuff that's happened in that but we don't necessarily see it and another show that did this was Battlestar Galactica i believe it was it was either between season 2 and 3 or 3 and 4 there was a year long jump or something like that and we never really found out what happened in that meantime right so in my opinion while the writers of season three left us with that Nazi cliffhanger, the Nazi alien cliffhanger, I don't think that we needed to have that resolved. And there's nothing in those two episodes that we need. So the temporal Cold War, yes, it gets wrapped up in this episode, but it's not really that satisfactory of an ending for the temporal cold war. So it almost would have been better had they just left it hanging and we could have come up with something in our own heads or whatever. So that's my answer. I'm saying, no, I don't think stormfront one or two are necessary because of how television has changed. So I'm conflicted because I agree with you that they really didn't need to give us this story Except for the fact that it does end the Temporal Cold War. It's not just a piece of the Temporal Cold War. And if you don't know that, does it really change the story going forward? No, but you may be waiting for the end of the Temporal Cold War. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. So I, I, I don't want to keep these two, but I think I'm going to have to go with keeping it just because it ends the Temporal Cold War, even if it's a ugh, ending. Okay. Um, and the fact that he joins uh, Silic, I think, is kind of an important development. Right. But see, we haven't seen Silic in a long time either, though. We haven't. And part of the problem here is the Temple Cold War itself was a bit of a joke. Mm-hmm. So I could definitely see the argument yeah. to get rid of it. But, I th- uh, but I'm trying to get to 18. No. But since we've kept most... Most of the uh, most of the temporal Cold War stuff, I mean, it's one of those where 
It that's happened. how I feel about it. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, that's fine. I still say no, and and uh, we're by our rules. Two people have said yes, therefore we keep it. And uh, just in case the listeners haven't figured out, for the ones that are multi-park episodes this season, we'll be doing them in groups. So we're not going to do one at a time. Because obviously we're not going to just keep Stormfront Part 1 and not Stormfront Part 2 or vice versa. So we're going to do them as an arc. So Yeah, although, however, I do think this would be the only one you could have split. Really? You think you could have kept one of them and not the other? Yeah, because like you said, you could have filled in the gaps in the beginning monologue, you know, talking in the beginning of the Stormfart. Stormfart, I did it. <laughs> Storm, hey, Stormfront Part Shout 2. <laughs> you know, you could, have, you could have just had some kind of dialogue in there that filled in whatever happened and then just jump right into here and finish the Cold War. Right, but again, that's rewriting the episode, and we can't yeah. rewrite the episodes. It's just based on what we have. I think you could have completely excised these and not missed anything. It would have been a weird dangling thread that just never would have been paid off, but I'm okay with you guys determining that it's essential. You're wrong, but that's okay. (laughs) I have every right to be just as wrong as everybody else. (laughs) And our opinions are just as valid. (laughs) (laughs) Even if they're wrong. So moving along. Yes, we're we're, going to move along home. Well, actually to home, not not the episode. Hello, Moraine! (laughs) Alright Once Enterprise finally returns to the Earth that they know The weary crew faces the repercussion of their journeys Both positive and negative Patrick, why don't you start us off with this one So, I think that there's two things that make this essential for me I I would consider it essential But it's the T'Pol relationship with Koss And the um, flocks encountering the prejudice on Earth I think are important Important enough to keep it as an essential episode. Mm-hmm. All right. Brandon. I think it's absolutely essential because of seeing how the the Zindi arc affected Archer. Uh, it's essential, mm-hmm. I think, for setting up Hernandez and what we get later on and uh, in later on in the season with her. So I think that's absolutely essential as well um, because we don't get enough of her character. We don't get very much of her at all. So yeah. I think it's essential for just those reasons alone. I'll say we'll go ahead and make it three for three. I'm going to go ahead and keep this one. Um, like like we said, you know, we're introduced to Hernandez. Um, the trip into pole thing gets continued, but we get the the curveball of Koss. We also meet Teles, uh, Tapol's mother, for the first time as well in this episode. Um, and then again, you know, speaking on the the flocks fe- facing the prejudice from uh, the Terra Prime movement which kind of keeps keeps it going for the rest of the season. Mm-hmm. So, on to the augment arc. For the for Borderland, which is the first episode in that, Archer needs to help or needs the help of a criminal to prevent war with the Klingons. The second one was Cold Station 12 with uh, Sung's augments take control of a medical facility containing more augment embryos and several dangerous diseases. And the augments would be Dr. Soong's augments acquire additional augment embryos as well as biological weapons from Cold Station 12. A desperate plan is devised to use the biological weapons to ferment a war between the Klingons and Earth in an attempt to flee Earth's control forever. Go ahead, Brandon. What do you got? Okay. I like these episodes. I like them a lot. I don't think they are necessary, and I'm going to have to fight for this, because if these are not necessary, then two episodes later in the season are also not necessary. So 
I am going to fight for them to not be necessary. And the reason, the only reason, in my opinion, for you to keep these three episodes is to justify affliction and divergence, which I don't think are necessary because I don't care about the Klingon forehead ridges. I did not need that explanation. Okay, that is one of the most frustrating things in all of Star Trek is that they tried to explain the lack of forehead ridges in TOS. And I don't know, that is just such nonsense to me. It's makeup. We don't need an in-canon story explanation for why they don't have forehead ridges. But in my opinion, we don't need to know that there were other genetically engineered people. This is simply just a fan service callback to Star Trek two. We don't need to know Mm -hmm. anything about the grandfather soon in this and how at the end of it, he decides to go into robotics. I don't know. There is nothing in this, in this trilogy to, to warrant its absolute necessity, except for affliction and divergence, which I also don't think are necessary. So unless you can convince me for some other reason for affliction and divergence to be necessary, other than Trip leaving the ship, then you're never going to convince me that Borderland and Cold Station 12 and the Augments are necessary. They're good. They are really good episodes. They are fun. Mm-hmm. And I'm done. Okay, so okay. Oh, before we go into that, because I agree with you that the forehead ridges <laughs> thing is such a joke that they even tried to tackle it because I don't care about it. However, you don't think it's important that Soon went into robotics, which leads his family down the path that creates data? No, I don't think so at all. It, who cares why he did it? This episode, does that one line at the end of episode three does not justify the existence of all three episodes for being essential. Because it's just a throwaway line for a tongue-in-cheek right. thing that, oh, ha-ha, data. Yeah, if it was like a half an episode of this, then maybe I could justify it more. See, the problem is, I, the, the only problem I have with this is that you're tying it explicitly to those two. Right. And I do want to keep trip leaving as essential, but I don't care about anything else that happens. Right, so this is hard, because... Is trip leaving essential? I don't know because again, but I think it is. But I don't think I don't think you need these three to make trip leaving essential, right? Because couldn't you just add? I know we're not supposed to rewrite, but they could have added a throwaway line in one of those episodes that fixes the problem. Yeah, I don't know. Like mm-hmm. y- you know, uh, again, we had trouble with uh, with uh, the affliction and divergence plot with him leaving. Because I think he actually left at the end of the of uh, the Enar, did he not? I can't remember. I believe, so. Yes. Right. So, well, there. Even if he left at the end of the Enar, then that's even more reason for yeah. getting rid of affliction and. Yeah, but the problem is all the problems that end up with him leaving start in those episodes. But don't they start in? Let me find out. I'm going to look. We're going to Google this live. And- Am I wrong? Because okay. <laughs> if he leaves somewhere else, then we can get rid of all of this. It's been a while since we've watched him, and we haven't got to there on our rewatch yet. So, uh, Oh, wait. He, if he leaves in Enar... Yeah, wait. He after. leaves in Enar, right? Correct. Then it doesn't matter. Affliction and divergence happens after that. So, so Chris, if we, yeah. I haven't decided. Where are you fall on this? Um, I right. As of this moment, I am I am in the keep camp. Um, All right, make your argument. I got to be swayed. 
Well, I, it's it, it's a very shaky one, which could have been shown anywhere uh, anywhere else. But we do see another crab face, and that's the only other time we will see another crab face is in is in this arc. Oh, I don't care about that. From season three. <laughs> yeah, it's, that's <laughs> like I said, right, shaky. I'm, I'm I'm voting with Brandon. Okay, here I've got it up on on Memory Alpha right now, and yeah, he. Although he he leaves as at the end of the Enar, so I don't think affliction and divergence are necessary either. No, because that happens afterwards anyway. Yeah, so. so he says at the end of the Enar that he's leaving because it's 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 in um, Babel one that he has that thing happen on the mm-hmm. ship where he's on the ship, right? And then yeah, it's right. like affliction when he starts to get upset. No, no, I'm getting my titles wrong. Uh, United when he starts to get upset yeah. with Paul, and then it just comes to a head in the Enar. Right, so right, and which, then that's what he which decides. We both to agreed leave. is ridiculous on how fast they move it. Right, but I do think him leaving is still essential. Yeah. So I mean, we'll get to yeah. that later. But so if he leaves in the Enar, then affliction and divergence are definitely not necessary, and that's like the only reason he left in the Enar, in my opinion, is so that they could set mm-hmm. up him coming back to save the day in Demons and Terra Prime. Yeah. Right. 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 So. Uh, again, but the, this also means since since, since I, I've been voted out, this also means we don't get to see the big show as an Orion slaver. No, so. we can. Bound <laughs> may be dis dis uh, disqualified for other reasons, but Bound <laughs> is not necessary into this plot point because we see a different chief engineer in charge. But we'll deal with the Bound when we get there. So, <laughs> well, no, no, no. I'm saying, I'm saying, you know, the bit the the the, the wrestler, the big show, played the Orion slaver. In yes. in one of the one of the episodes. In oh here. yeah, I was getting confused. Yeah, he's in this one here, which is okay. I'm okay with that. That's yeah. fine. So I really like Big Show, <laughs> but it, it is okay that I don't. <laughs> well, I get to see it. It's just not people who are listening to this list don't get to see it. So, yeah. You know. I, there's lots of great stuff, and honestly, I love yeah. the Borderland trilogy, the Cold Station Twelve mm-hmm. trilogy. I'm not a big fan of Affliction Divergence, but I don't know. So my vote is no. Patrick, what's your vote for the three? Uh, my vote's no. If yeah, Chris. My mine was was keep. Okay, so you sticking to that? I'm outvoted. I'll go ahead and stick with it. Okay. <laughs> then just sort of a side note: uh, one of the the first times I remember watching this after I got done watching this arc, I tweet, tweeted uh, Brent Spiner, you know, complimenting him on on his acting skills within this set of episodes because this was like the first time I had seen him, you know, not as you know typical data. Okay, cool. Did he respond? So no. no. <laughs> But this is like back in the early days of Twitter, too, so. Excellent. Well, let's move on to the Vulcan trilogy. Yes, the Vulcan arc, as I call it, in mine. All right, we're starting. This one has the Forge, which is when Earth's embassy on Vulcan is bombed. The investigation puts Archer and T'Pol on the trail of a Vulcan religious faction hiding in a treacherous desert. The next one, and this one is Awakening where Archer and T'Pol encounter the Cyrenites, the radical group supposedly responsible for the terrorist bombing on Vulcan. And it wraps up with Kirshara, where Archer and T'Pol endeavor to expose an ancient Vulcan artifact to Vulcan society, while Enterprise becomes involved in a standoff between the Vulcan and Andorian fleets. Patrick, why don't you go ahead and start us off on this one? For me, this is an absolute 100% must-keep. What it does okay. to the Vulcan hierarchy 
forces this to be kept. Okay. Mm-hmm. Brandon? Um, yeah, I agree. I think it's totally essential because um, we we see reasoning for why the Vulcans aren't quite how we expected them to be and how they're a little bit different than what we expected because of how we were, we learned about Spock and we learned about Tuvok. Uh, so mm-hmm. I think it's absolutely essential there. Uh, plus we have, um, you know, some of the tension between, you know, the Vulcans and Andorians. This has continued on here, right? We've got this bombing that's affecting you know, that that's affecting the Vulcans. This is kind of leading up to the building of the Federation as well. So I think that this mm-hmm. trilogy is definitely extremely important and we could not watch without it. I am also in the uh, keep camp because not only, you know, does it establish to power for further on in this season, but also in the second season for the original series. Um, we kind of get a, a little bit of a wrap up with T'Pol's family threads, at least with her mother's side on this one. Mm-hmm. Um, and we see the, the quote unquote first, uh, time a, a Katra is transferred into a human. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and when, uh, when, when T'Pol, T'Pau, and Archer are taking the Kirshara to the high command, I, I just kept kind of wanting either T'Pol or T'Pau to, to kind of do a short round to, to the other talking about archer like one one either saying you know no you call him sirak or you call him captain archer type of thing but and when uh when the high command's you know saying comb the desert for him i imagine tuvok's father out there with a comb <laughs> combing the desert i don't space balls reference. reference i don't i don't i don't get it <laughs> patrick watch space balls i don't i don't get it <laughs> see what i gotta deal with and, chris and, i gotta deal with this, this yeah stuff every week Oh, uh, well, one more thing. Uh, T'Pol's Pinar syndrome gets cured. Mm, yes, that's a good point. At the end. That's a very By good T'Pau. point. By yeah. Oh, yeah, that's, that is that is big, too. Um, and then I, I do want to say Gary Graham did a great job during the torture scenes with, with Jeffrey Combs. Are we talking about Combs again? No, we're talking about Jeffrey Combs, the guy that's everywhere. <laughs> no, I know. <laughs> Jeffrey Combs the desert. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right, so that's a keeper. Yes, yeah, definitely a keeper. Right. Yeah, we're unanimous on that one. Next episode is Daedalus. The inventor of Earth's transporter comes aboard Enterprise for an experiment. Uh, for me, aside from Trip and Topol's conversation after after the cold open, this one is not not a keeper for me. Mm-hmm. Brandon? Yeah, I don't think it's a keeper. I like this episode more than I think most people do. Uh, it seems like a lot of people don't like this episode. I like it a lot. Uh, I think it's an interesting backstory for, you know, transporter mm-hmm. technology, and it ties into, you know, Jonathan Archer's father, Henry Archer. Mm-hmm. But I don't think that there's anything in here that's necessary to advance the plot or the characters or anything. These are people we've never heard of. You know, this is a relationship right. that Archer's got from his past that we've never heard of, so I'm content to leave it on the floor for now. Patrick? I would agree. Um, I, I'm with you, Brendan. I really like this episode a lot, mm-hmm. actually. And uh, I think, uh, like, Tripp's reactions to him trying to do it all himself because he's trying to hide things from Tripp. I thought it was a really cool story, mm-hmm. really well done. However, the sun doesn't even live. I mean... yeah. It's not like that son lives and becomes something important in the show. It's unfortunate. It's a sad moment, very sad moment. But, 
you know, they used characters that we weren't too attached to to give us a heavily sad moment, which is which is okay. So the wording is bad, but it's a cool episode, right? But it's just you don't you know, there's nothing here that plays out before or after this that particularly matters to the series. Really, about the only thing that we could maybe kind of slide in is the, the transporter room gets a little bit of a change, but there again, you know, we could be like. They could be like an offhand line in another episode. Yeah, and it do- the fact that it even changes doesn't matter. Right. Nothing substantial. Like, they can't all of a sudden... They, like, if three episodes from now they could teleport someone four times as far and it played out in a mission, then maybe that could save this episode, mm-hmm. but that doesn't happen. Right. right. Unless, of course, you want to go with the JJ-verse, uh, the Kelvin timeline, <laughs> and how they can beam to Kronos. Yeah. Well, there you go. Now it's a keeper. <laughs> there you did it, Brandon. But but we have to have the Narada come back in time and destroy the Kelvin, so that way it'll work. Well, there's some fans that think that Enterprise is in the Kelvin timeline. I don't believe that, but there are some people. Oh, who I do. do. I I I, I have do. Well, never no, I heard believe... of that before. <laughs> hold on. Well, hold on. When you say in the Kelvin timeline, they when they came back, they came back after the events of Enterprise. Right. So it's in all. Or timelines. wait, no, no, it's not the Kelvin timeline. It's the uh, it's an alternate timeline because the Borg went back in first. Because contact. yeah, because because of first contact. Yeah, that's what it is. I forget all the conspiracy theories. Oh, I don't know what that is. I, I yeah, okay. I, I was talking about Kelvin. So. Yeah. Okay, so we're <laughs> unanimous on a no. Right. <laughs> that, that's the gist of that. Yeah. Next episode is Observer Effect. A pair of non-corporeal Organians studied the response of the Enterprise crew to the infection of Hoshi Sato and Tucker by a fatal silicon-based virus brought on board during an away mission. Patrick, what do you think? Actually, I want to hear Brandon's explanation on this one. Okay, first, if you don't mind, we'll go, we'll, we'll go with Brandon first. Then. This is my—he loves this. Episode. I do. This is my favorite episode <laughs> of Enterprise. Depending on the day, Future Tense is the other one, but I can't fight for it. There's nothing in here that's essential. I can't. I can't fight to keep it. I love this episode, but it's not essential. There's nothing that happens in this plot that affects anything. Even it being the Organians is not necessary. It doesn't matter. So I, there's there's nothing I can say to fight to keep this episode other than I love it. <laughs> oh, I was trying to give you a chance to save it before we destroyed it, and you didn't even do it. <laughs> I was waiting for the soapbox to come out. Yeah, no, I've, I, there's, I got nothing. I got nothing to say this is essential. No, he can't even fake a bad argument here. No, I know. I, he's right, though. It's awesome. It's not essential. Um, I happen to like the episode, too. I like the the the, the story it's giving, but... Whatever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, essentially, with, with with the essential part, yeah, it is whatever. But it is a great episode, one of the strongest ones of the season, in in my opinion. Mm-hmm. And you know, aside from from the Organians, which you know we didn't we didn't absolutely have to have. Mm-hmm. It's it's no. Yeah. Excellent. Okay, well, let's move on to the Babel arc. Yes, on to the Babel arc with Babel One, which the Enterprise journeys to Babel with a Tellarite ambassador on board for peace talks with the Andorians when a distress call from Shran is received. Second episode in this arc is United, where Archer tries to unify the Andorians, Tellarites, humans, and Vulcans in a plan to capture a marauder ship threatening to destabilize the region. And it concludes with the Enar 
which Archer visits Shran's icy home world to find an Andorian subspecies called the Enar to determine their connection to the Marauders destroying ships in the region. Brandon, why don't you go ahead and start us off on this one again? Uh, this trilogy is absolutely essential because this is this is the building of the Federation right here. We get the the first handshake between the Tellarites and the Andorians. Mm-hmm. You know, so uh, there's there's absolutely nothing in this episode that's not essential. Every second is essential. You know, so we get the conclusion of uh, the the you know the Romulan interference with the Vulcan arc. Mm-hmm. You know, we get that they get we get that which is very important. And uh, yeah, I think it's a hundred percent absolutely essential. All right, Patrick. Yeah. I can't think of a moment. I was going to try and argue with Brandon, but I can't think of a moment that doesn't, that isn't completely necessary. Even, you know, it's just, even we even talked about it before the, the, the end of this is when trip leaves. So everything that happens here plays out important to the series and the season. Mm-hmm. All right. And I am also going to keep this as essential. Um, it continues the progress towards the founding of the Federation. Um, and we see that they were really trying to set up the Romulan War in our magical fifth season with this. Mm-hmm. And um, if you notice one thing, um, as they're bringing the, I think it was the Tellarite ambassador on board in the shuttle, under or as they're, they're getting ready to go into the, the shuttle bay, on the outside of the ship, it says "keep clear." On the on the bottom of the Enterprise, it says "keep clear." So I'm wondering if they were planning on doing any spacewalks while a shuttle was docking. <laughs> I don't think I noticed that. I, I just have, happened to, to to look at the screen at the right time okay. to get that. I think so. I'll be looking for it now. All right. Next is the Klingon augment arc. I'll call it either that or you know affliction and divergence. While Enterprise visits Earth for the launch of Columbia, this one's for Affliction, uh, Phlox is kidnapped and forced to help the Klingons deal with a grave threat toward their species. And Divergence, the Col- with the Columbia's help, the Enterprise crew grapples with sabotage on their ship as they pursue the truth behind the kidnapping of Phlox. Mm-hmm. Alright, I will go ahead and say... This one we can we can keep because for the simple reason that it does bring up bring section thirty one back in, we get introduced to Harris, which does play out later on in the season. Ugh, it does too. And you know what? I just realized when you mentioned this with uh, redoing these episodes here, is that this mm-hmm. is how Trip gets back on the ship. Yes. And he's on for the remainder. So like, okay, so let's put the Section 31 aside for a second, okay? Because okay. I really don't want to keep these episodes. Okay, so Section 31 could mm-hmm. come up again later, right? Because they just show yeah. up here. Their introduction here isn't necessarily necessary for Demons and Terra Prime. But if we look at um. Enar, when Trip says he wants to leave, and if we jump mm-hmm. directly to Bound when he's on the ship, can we just say that he just didn't leave the ship? Because the la- I think the last scene of the episode is Trip saying he wanted to leave to go to the other, to Columbia. Oh. Right? And so, again, mm-hmm. in my opinion, the only reason they got Trip off the ship 
was so that he could save it. And I was I was confused on my episodes. I thought the episodes that he saved them was Demon's Terror Prime, but it's Affliction Divergence when he saves them. The only reason they got him off the ship was so that they could that he could save them in this two-parter. Okay, so hold on. The the more important question is is his saving the ships important? Well, yes, cuz if he doesn't save it, we don't have a show. No, no, no. I'm, that's not what I mean. No, because if you get rid of the episodes, then he doesn't have to save it. Right. Correct? Right. Right. So is the is what he does to save it important enough to his character that you absolutely need him saving the ship? No, because like Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah. It, it's it is it in bound when he I think it's in bound when he decides to stay on the ship, right? Yeah. So like we could go from him making the decision in the Enar to leaving the ship, and if the next episode is bound when he decides to stay on the ship, right? Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. I, what? Why do you hate Klingons? I just hate the idea that they needed to explain the ridges. I don't care. I don't know. I just, I, I, I don't know. I don't either, but there's some stuff in here that's pretty good. Yes. The episodes are fine. You are a horrible, horrible person. And if you decide, Patrick, it's your choice. If you decide, though, that we keep these, then we have to go back and keep... No, we don't. Yes, because otherwise the augment... Because this is the augment virus that changes them. I understand that, but we don't need to have seen where the augment virus came from. We already know that I disagree. What the with. virus is that I disagree with. If you if you decide to keep these two, then I am retroactively changing the augment trilogy because I think that the, that finding where this augment art came from because they're talking about it the whole time, right? Mm-hmm. They're talking about Khan and the augment art and whatnot for all of this. So if we keep these, we have to keep the other trilogy. Why they're talking about Khan? That doesn't happen in those episodes. Well, then fine. Make your make your decision independent of that. I can convince Chris to get rid of those other ones, and we can still end up without them. <laughs> but the other ones are good. I understand that, but now I just want to get rid of them because you're going to bring them back. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Now I just want to end up getting these in and those out just to drive you crazy. You just want to fight. I, I'm so glad too. I called you out on Twitter. I'm going to fight you in the octagon. I gave I gave you a response. I know. I saw it. <laughs> Screaming like a beast. Come on, Patrick Bieber. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so, uh, all right. Brandon, is it important that the Columbia comes into this episode? Into Is it important enough to keep the episode? Okay. If, is it important in the episode? Yes. Right? No, no, but is it important, it, is it important later on? No. I don't know. Like, I, so, like, my vote is no on these two episodes. Okay? Well... With with Trip coming back, it does show start to show the beginnings of the rivalry, I guess you could say, between Trip and Commander Kelby, who took over when Trip left. That we see play out a little bit more in Bound. Right, but yeah, I, I think we don't. But need I think to Brandon's see right. That. You can jump to Bound and have the same thing. Yeah, you can jump to Bound and have the same thing. Because you could have him say, "I want to leave," then find his replacement. Whatever, whatever happens in between, now he decides to stay and there's a problem because this guy wants to stay. Right. Which plays out all in bound. Correct. Yeah. So I think I'm not going to be able to drive Brandon as crazy as I want to. I will say no. <laughs> okay. Wow. We didn't keep these. Okay. So then bound. 
Wait, wait, you thought uh, we were going to? I thought you were about to say yes. I thought you were going to say I was. Keep him. I was, but I don't I don't want to keep the others. You held me. You held me emotionally hostage on that. <laughs> That's what I do. Because I do think that trip actually physically leaving is important. That's what I do. Mhm. But I don't All know right. if I can convince Chris to get rid of his really flimsy way of keeping the other three. <laughs> All right, uh, we'll just go ahead and go on to bound. Uh, while T'Pol and Tucker discover that they have developed a psychic bond, Captain Archer receives three Orion slave girls as a gift for negotiating with the, with the devious Orion Syndicate, with rather disastrous results. Patrick, why don't you go ahead and start us off on this one? Uh, to me, this is uh, this is essential because you have the trip into Paul. Uh, psychic bond thing that happened, and I think that keeps it in in for me. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, however, I honestly, I, I got to be honest with everyone. I don't remember this episode enough. There might be more. There's well, there's uh, this stuff with Kelby. Like, I, 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 this is not a very yeah. good episode, but we got to keep it because of how the plot line with Kelby with Trip and, and Paul all plays out. We have to keep it for all of that extra stuff. The Orion stuff is kind of painful to watch, but yeah. Yeah, like for for, again, for my, you're right, my, my if you don't keep affliction and divergence, you need this to keep trip on the ship. But right. I mean I guess you could just go to the next episode and it's like he never said it, but yeah, I, I like I said, I don't the Orion stuff was terrible, but and that's why I don't really remember this is not you know, I typically skip this episode, so just remember yeah. the women were in charge the whole time. <laughs> that's this one? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Then, I mean, good for them then, I, but <laughs> it, it's whatever. I've never been a big fan of the Orion anything anyway, but. Yeah, my my initial reaction uh, as I was rewatching it, don't keep. I mean, because I wasn't really impressed with the whole Orion slave girl thing. Though it did have a nice, you know, original series ending with them, you know, all kind of laughing on the bridge and kind of making fun of T'Pol for making a joke while not making a joke. Mm-hmm. Kind of like, kind of like how they did with with Spock there in the original series, and then I had, or then I, you know, added, you know, not only with with the Kelby trip uh, conflict, you know, coming to a head and then getting resolved, and then tripping to Paul, essentially, well, essentially and literally kissing and making up. We have to keep it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. See, I find essential episodes to be really hard to do because. You end up keeping episodes you don't like and getting rid of ones you do like. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, it's almost easier to do like a love it or leave it type episode. Right. And if you want to do that, go visit the Trek Geeks. <laughs> well, we could do one too. I don't want to do this again. You know how long this took? We've been working on this freaking list for a year and a half, man. Okay. Well, that's because you're slow about me? it. Me? Oh, my goodness. It wasn't me. I wasn't here a year and a half ago. Well, you started. You and Brandy started this. Yeah, you guys were been here a year and a half now. You started last no. January. Oh. It's been a year and a half, buddy. Time flies when you're having fun. I don't think anyone could believe we've done this that long. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, moving forward. All right, and Brandon, you were on the keep side on this one? Yeah, you were too then? Yes. Yeah, okay, unanimous, we keep it. Yep. All right. On to In a Mirror Darkly. In the Mirror Universe, Commander Archer mutinies against Captain Forrest in order to capture a future Earth ship found in Tholian space. 
for part one. And part two, in the Mirror Universe, the destruction of Enterprise leaves the crew stranded aboard the USS Defiant, a ship from a future parallel universe where a governing body known as the United Federation of Planets reigns, inspiring to pull to speak out against the tyranny of the Terran Empire. Brandon, why don't you go ahead and start us off on this one? As fun as these episodes are, the only reason I can see to keep them is for Star Trek Discovery Season 1, which doesn't play into our justification for see it or skip it here. So I got to say skip them. As much as I love these episodes, uh, as fun as they are, you know, we mm -hmm. just had a great conversation with James Swallow about the Tholians and we talked about this. Mm -hmm. I, I just got to say no, I don't think it's essential to the season because it's completely contained within the Mirror Universe. All right. Patrick? I would agree. However, I would I would say that another reason to keep it would be the Defiant. However, again, it doesn't fall into the realm of this season or series, mm -hmm. really. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't count, and it's 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 just a, a skip it. Mm -hmm. All right, and again, you know, if we got our, our, our magical season five, I, I had a feeling they were going to come back to kind of see what happened after Hoshi brought it back. But, but even if they had done that in a season five, I can't say that I think this would have been essential because they would have had to have stuck to uh, we don't know what the mirror universe is. And so any future episode would have been self-contained and therefore any future mirror universe episode in Enterprise would have been unnecessary. Useless. Unessential. Right. Okay. Right. All right. On to the two part finale of Demons and Terra Prime. For demons, a xenophobic faction of humanity threatens to undermine talks to form a new coalition of planets. And for Terra Prime, a human isolationist leader threatens to destroy Starfleet Command unless all aliens leave the Sol system immediately. Patrick? Uh, these are keepers for me. Uh, too much happens in them that are important with the, the xenophobic faction uh, trying to stop basically the Federation and, uh, you know, the fallout from that, that I, I have to keep these. Okay. Brandon? Um, I'm going to say no. I think Bound is a good series finale. <laughs> just, just being contrarian there? <laughs> yes. Yes, this is definitely essential. <laughs> <laughs> I was about to change my vote on Divergence. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yes, this is uh, this is definitely I would, uh, uh, definitely important, definitely essential because it, it ties everything up. Um, we get that heartbreaking stuff with Trip and Ball. It, it like ties up their arc. And and had this actually, I think, really been the the series finale, they would have moved those scenes with Trip and Paul and and their baby Elizabeth before Archer's speech to the Coalition, mm -hmm. and then that would have been. Probably that would have been like probably about the be better way of finishing off this series. Mm -hmm. All right. So, what's your vote? Is it a yes or a no? It, it is. It is a keep. Um, All right. So for, we were for... twelve out of twenty-one. Is that how this season shaked out? No, we got one more. We'll talk about it. Obviously, we're not going to keep it, but we'll talk about 12 it. Twelve out yeah. of twenty-one. Got it. Okay. So. <laughs> All right. On to TATV. Did you do what in, you said you were going to do? 
I was getting ready to, to, to watch the alternative factor instead of this one. However, I kind of fell asleep before I got the DVD put in. That's funny. We were talking about it on. <laughs> so you my... watch neither. Awesome. Because <laughs> um, on, on Twitter, you know, there was the, the debate, you know, about the alternative factor being, you know, worse than than TATV. But Brandon and Lies. I this disagree. Yeah. Lies. Oh. So. All right, so you don't need much of a you don't need much of a synopsis for this one, right? This is the TNG episode yeah. that they masqueraded as the Enterprise finale. Yeah. This is the TNG episode that Earl Grey needs to handle. This is the one that yeah. never happened. In hopes of receiving some help before making a difficult personal decision, Commander William T. Riker of the Enterprise D observes a holodeck simulation of the final mission of the original Starship Enterprise as commanded by Jonathan Archer in the days immediately preceding the birth of the United Federation of Planets over two centuries earlier. All right, so here's my question. Mm-hmm. Do you believe the events of this happened exactly as they they claim they did? No. No. Okay. If that's your if that's your stance, then I would say this is a no. Yeah. Uh, and I thank Michael A. Martin and Annie Mangels for that. So. Mm-hmm. What can you explain? The books, the post finale novels. Yes, like that's I didn't read them. So, that's okay. my new head canon. I mean, like, yeah. do the, did these events happen? Yes, but not exactly like this. And I'm well, that, but yes, that's the point because Trip didn't actually die. Yeah, right. So that, but that's my point. So if you believe, if someone's listening and they believe that these events happened this way, exactly this way, that it was just really poor. Judgment to make it really a TNG episode that was looking at a hollow deck of the events, but the events you still believed happened in this exact order. Trip dying and the founding of the Federation should be an essential keep. Mm-hmm. However, I mean, we all knew the we all did know the Federation was coming to be anyway, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I don't know. I just I don't like this episode. I really don't. I, I however, the founding of the Federation should be essential. But you have to get past the fact that these events are not actually happening on the show. Yeah. Right. So I guess for people who don't mind that this is a holodeck program, they can keep it. Yeah. I'm not keeping it. Yeah. I'm not keeping it either. No, I'm a I'm a skip on it, so Awesome. So yeah, twelve out of twenty two. I'm actually a little surprised by that. So you could either have twelve out of twenty two or you could have had 17 out of 22, you know. Well, or 13 yeah. or 18. Uh, No. Yes, because if yeah. you... some There are people who will argue that these are the voyages are essential. Well, that's there's those aren't sane people. I didn't say that, but neither am I, and I'm here, and my vote counts. <laughs> you see, you're saying it's essential? No, I'm not, but I'm just saying my vote still counts, and I'm not sane, so why doesn't theirs? <laughs> oh, uh, because <laughs> you're, you're insane enough... That it like loops around to be valid. <laughs> you, you know, so I, I went back to work uh, today, and I'm actually building a psych center, just to bring this full circle. Are you sure you're not going to become a resident later on? I I think it's a setup. I'm not sure. <laughs> well, if they hand you a straight jacket, then you'll know for sure. <sighs> That's yeah. Funny. Huh, well. Awesome. Okay, so our final total, 12 out of 22 for the season, is 54.55%. Our final total for the series is 57 out of 98 episodes for a grand total of 58.16%. 
is essential. I thought we were going to get to sixty percent for the series at the end of this, and I messed it. Really, all up. it's you did. It's those five episodes. Yes. Yeah, those five episodes would have put it put it at sixty. Yeah, uh, I think it would have even gone higher. So that would have been sixty-two divided by ninety-eight would have been sixty-three percent if we kept those five. Right. So, and you could argue for uh, affliction and divergence, which would, in my opinion, therefore make the Cold Station trilogy essential as well, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, but yeah, I mean, like you, Chris, you you said yes to all five of those, right? Right. So, I mean, it was interesting though how non-unanimous we were on this one. Like most of the t- seasons, we've been pretty unanimous on for whoever's been on, but for this season, we only had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Well, I guess 10 out of 10 episodes we were, oh, and then I'm forgetting. So 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15. We were unanimous on 15 of the 22. So uh, whether it was yes or no, 15 out of the 22 we were unanimous on. So I guess that's actually kind of high. So, yeah. Excellent. It didn't feel that way while we were going through this, though. Oh, that Affliction of Divergence, boy. We sure had a discussion on those. Well, I think that's Mm -hmm. why it felt so lopsided, because... We were split on a big chunk, two big chunks, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. Right on. Well, Chris, thank you so much for coming back to finish this off with us. I really appreciate it. You did a great job last time. So we were thrilled to have you on again to to do season four. And uh, yeah, let us know. We'd love to have you back on Warp 5. Just let us know. Yeah. All right. Thank- and thanks for having me. Right on. So uh, where can people find you online when you're not trying to fight for the... Brent Spiner's character being in Star Trek Enterprise season four. Probably a dad joke website. <laughs> when I'm not when I'm not on either of those two places, um, I do pop up in the Babel Conference from time to time, uh, commenting on there. Um, and you can find me on Twitter at the Chris Hill, and Chris is with a K. Well, debating season four of Enterprise is not all we've been doing here on the network. So take a quick listen to this clip and see what else you may have missed elsewhere on Trek FM. Previously on Trek.fm, Earl Grey. Yeah, this is the part where I put in my notes, well, this is a nice after-school special. Like, <laughs> after-school <it>, special? <laughs> you know, it just sort of wraps just up everything. <laughs> Primitive Culture, a look at history and culture through Star Trek. You know, imagine if... That had have happened in the next generation in season two. That suddenly you'd had, you know, an older Spock turn up, and you'd had Scotty come through his Dyson sphere or whatever, and then old McCoy's rattling around, and they take over, and they're basically the front. They come to hijack the Enterprise. They come to again. hijack the Enterprise, yeah, and they, and and, and <laughs> you know, Spock goes, yeah, Spock goes, we're going to we're going to recover a Captain Kirk from the Nexus or whatever, you know, and, and imagine that. Imagine if it becomes that. I mean, you'd be watching it thinking, what is going on? Literary treks. There's some really great artwork in these that I, you know, I don't think we, we give it enough praise for that. I almost want to take that panel and remove all the lightning and the pizzazz and all that stuff out of there and just <laughs> put them in a disco room and it would almost look like they're dancing. Yeah, it's just a Star Trek dance party, like Kirk's practically dabbing. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That's what I was just thinking. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. Warp 5. 
the first joke in the film that I thought was truly funny was the long-distance call that he was getting from Lon Chaney's character, and he's turning into the wolfman on the phone, right? And the guy is like, why are you calling long-distance just to have your dog bark at me on the phone? <laughs> it's like I, I think that's a great line I think it's really funny because it's like you can't see what's going on because long distance uh, in that day and age would have been like freaking expensive right and that's what else is happening on Trek.fm check out all these shows and join the conversation about your favorite corner of the Star Trek universe and beyond you'll find us wherever you get your podcast if you're an Apple user be sure to hit the subscribe button in Apple Podcasts on iPhone iPad or Apple TV or the desktop iTunes app to get the latest episodes as soon as they are published and please leave a star rating and written review if you're not an Apple user we've got you covered as well you can find our shows on Google Play Music Stitcher TuneIn Spreaker SoundCloud Windows Phone in most third party apps and you can stream and download the MP3 file from our website or grab the RSS link we'd love to hear your thoughts on today's show and there are many ways for you to do that the best place to join in the larger conversation is the Babel Conference, our listeners group on Facebook. Just type Babel, that's B-A-B-E-L, into the search field on Facebook and it should come right up. If you'd like to send us an email, you can use the form on our website at trek.fm slash contact. Choose to send to a show and select Warp 5. That will come right to us. You can also find the network on Twitter at TrekFM and on Facebook at Facebook.com slash TrekFM. Patrick, where can people find you when you're not uh, dancing and, you know, exuding all your wonderful sexy pheromones and turning me on and making me happy? Nowhere. That's always happening. I'm always dancing. I'm just a dancing machine, but... Are you one While of those I'm guys? Dancing. I bet you you like trance music, don't you? You you trance. No, music, actually, I don't at all. Glow sticks and crap, right? <laughs> That's not me at all. Totally is. I don't even have two left feet. I'm so bad at dancing. But <laughs> so other than that, <laughs> you can find me uh, on Twitter at Magic Drop Five. There's no spaces, and the five is a digit. Listeners, he's totally dancing. I am. Badly, but I am. And you can find me on uh, on the Babel Conference. I pop in there as often as I can. Uh, I just went back to work, so things are going to be a little hectic. And uh, I might not be in there as much as I I like to, but I I try and get in there. And you can find me elsewhere on the network with The Edge, with uh, my good friend Amy Nelson, where we talk about uh, Discovery. So, uh, you know, I'm jumping all over the timeline here. I'm part of the Temporal Cold War, and you guys didn't even know it. So, Brandon, where can people find you when you're not just being really upset about forehead ridges for no reason? Uh, Nowhere, because that's always what's going on with me. I really don't like that plot point. Why did they have to do that? I didn't like it either at all. I couldn't care less about... You know, if you liked the plot, send us a message. Send us an email and tell us. Send us an MP3, record your thoughts, and we'll put it in a future episode. If you liked the Forehead Ridge plot, tell us. We'd love to yes, hear it. Yes, and we will. We will put it in. Yeah. If you'd like to help us keep all our shows coming to you each week, you can become a patron of the network on Patreon. Visit patreon.com slash checkfm. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N. Whoa. You did all the I hated that plot point and never did where people can find you. Nobody wants to find me. 
That's that's very true. However, that's a part of our show. Oh, this is a format okay, we follow. Sorry. Are you sure you did the part up top? I am. Oh, bet you didn't. I did. I know. Which I one of us is drinking right now? Neither. Well, it must be you because it's not me. It is, but you're the one missing cues. You can find me on Twitter at Brandon Matella. <laughs> You can find me here on the network with Melodic Treks every once in a while doing a show all about the music of Star Trek. You can find me on the Fandom Podcast Network with my friends Chris and Tom where we talk about Alfred Hitchcock films one at a time. And you can find me and my friend Zach over on the United Federation of Podcast Network talking films and sequels and remakes with franchise fatigue. And we are smack I've been dab- on one of those. Yeah, we're smack dab in the middle of our... Uh, uh, Toy Story retrospective right now. Um, I think our fourth episode just came out, and Patrick, you were on our second uh, Toy Story episode. Um, so based on the release, we're not quite sure because again, we're we're recording well in advance right now. We're prepping for summer so that the listeners don't miss any episodes. Uh, but we're actually recording another one tonight and another one in a couple weeks here, just so that you don't miss out and you get an episode every other week. So um, excellent. So I'll jump back in. Visit Patreon.com. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N-Q-F-I-3-7-9-1-2. Dot com slash Trek FM. Two, four, six, eight. Who do we appreciate? Brandon. 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 To get all the details, perks include early access to episodes, exclusive content, producer credits, and more. Available through our special patrons website, Patron Zone. It requires a great deal of money to produce, host, and distribute these shows each month, and we really appreciate any support and give us and hope you'll join the team. Again, you'll find all the details on patreon.com. You are drinking. What is that? Maker's Mark. What is that? It was up here. I don't know what that is. Is that rye or whiskey? Whiskey. You wouldn't like it. Whiskey. Uh, we would like to thank our wonderful support, uh, associate producers who support War 5, as well as Trek FM on a whole. Norman C. Lau, Floyd Dorsey, Mike Morrison, Tim Cooper... Justin Ozer, Mark Flessa, Chris Tribuzio, and Drim McMahon. Thank you guys so very much. We truly appreciate it. We couldn't do it without you. Well, that's all we've got for you guys tonight. So uh, until next time, don't forget, you can't be afraid of the wind. But he's lying. We're recording another one. I'd already told them that. 